Hey there, we're so glad you tuned in today. We love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you by visiting our website at freedomlifeag.com. Welcome to Freedom. I heard this story about a Russian comedian by the name of Yakov Smirnov, and he immigrated to the United States. Uh, he said that the thing he loved most about America was the grocery stores. He says, I've never seen anything like it. He says, I'll be walking down the aisles and I see powdered milk. You just add water and you got milk. He says, I saw powdered orange juice. You just add water and you get orange juice. And he goes, then I saw baby powder and I thought, wow, what a country. <laughs> it's quite unbelievable. And on that topic of being unbelievable, there are times in our lives where things that we experience can feel unbelievable. And in these next three weeks, this week being the first week, um, we're going to be talking about over the next three weeks, some miraculous stories in the Bible that can be so ridiculous that it can feel unbelievable. It's easy to think that God doesn't do miracles anymore and we can just kind of feel like, okay, let me just not have to believe as much. But I want to tell you that's simply not true. God still does miracles today. God still works miracles today. He hears our prayers. He sees our tears. He does things for us that we often don't even see. Many of the miracles that he does are often unseen Until we could see them spiritually. You see, God changes people as well. And that is in many ways, if you've ever seen somebody radically changed by the gospel, you realize very quickly that he does do miracles. And that he also can change you. Because we often look at miracles and we think about change. We think about how God changed that person and how how it's amazing that God did that. But he'll do that for them. He won't do that for me. But I want to tell you, you can believe him today. Even when you feel like, I really don't have enough faith in me to believe. I I feel like I don't have enough faith to believe him for that thing. I don't know how many of you felt like that before. How many of you ever felt like that? You felt like, I can believe him for certain things, but for some things I just don't get it. I don't see how God can do that for me. And that's where this series is birthed out of. In fact, I've been thinking and praying through this series, Unbelievable, for a couple of months now. I've been sitting on, we plan, we, plan, we often try to plan our worship experiences in advance and things. But, but sermon preparation is very specific because while I want to I wanna plan for a series, I also want to know that God is in it. I want to know the season that our people are in. And I feel like right now, God has released this series into our body to encourage you, to build you up. You see, this unbelievable series is a series for those who struggle to believe, for those who struggle in their conversation about how God can be in this. How many ever felt like you've gone through something, you're like, how can God be in this? Right? Can I, can I get your honest transparency this morning? Because I'm going to be transparent with you this morning, and I'm going to share with you the realities of, of some of these Uh, stories that we're going to share in the next coming weeks that I believe are going to shake your faith and motivate you to believe God even when your flesh says, I'm not sure I can believe anymore. 
I'm not sure he's worth believing anymore. There's some of you in this room that you used to believe so strongly. But something went wrong. Something went horribly wrong. And you don't believe God anymore for things. I want to tell you today, you can believe him for whatever it is you need him to come through for you today. There's a conversation found in Mark chapter 9. Between Jesus and a dad. I say dad because, you know, that, that's, that kind of verbiage, we need to understand that there's a dad there with a son who has an issue. And, and this dad goes to Jesus and he says, I need your help. But he just isn't sure that he can or he's able to believe. Turn to Mark chapter 9 in this series called Unbelievable. This first part called Help Me Believe I Can Change. Help me believe I can change. And that's where Mark chapter 9 stems from. Mark chapter 9 stems from a a father who, who loved his child. In fact, a dad that loved his son. And he, and he loved his son so much that he, he, he went to Jesus and he said, Jesus, I have an issue. And he says right here in Mark chapter 9, he says this. He says, have mercy on us and help us if you can. You see, you see the faith in that? <laughs> if you can. What do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out what many of us are often scared to admit that we have cried out and believed and stood on for many, 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 many prayers. Here it is. You ready? I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. If we're honest with ourselves, we've all prayed a prayer like this before. We've all said, I believe, man, I believe that God, I believe God can... But help me believe more. Because I don't quite believe everything's going to work out for the good. I believe everything will work out for the good for them, but I'm not them. I believe. But help my unbelief. It's almost a separation statement, isn't it? It's almost like he's saying, I believe, but this guy that's living within me, there's a roommate. And he doesn't believe. And it's affecting me. Like unwashed dishes left in the sink, right? It's just affecting me. It's vexing me. I believe, but help my roommate, Mr. Unbelief. He's three months behind on his rent on top of that. I believe. I. But help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. I can relate to this, Father. Can you? Ever felt like that sometimes? You ever felt like there's a part of me that has trouble believing? There's a part of me that has trouble understanding that Jesus at one time really, really had a plan for me and that he still does. Even after I've messed up, even after I don't believe. Jesus one time described faith and he says he wants to have faith like a mustard seed. and starts small and grows into a large tree. I love the honesty in this father. I love the honesty in this dad. And I, over the years, I've prayed prayers that say, God, I, help me believe. Help me believe. Yes, I'm a pastor and I've prayed that prayer. Yes, I'm a Christian and I've prayed that prayer. Friend, you don't have to hide 
your unbelief. Bring it right to Jesus. I love the transparency of this man. I love the transparency of I believe, but help parts of me that doesn't believe. I believe, but help me to understand that there are parts of me that I can give to you that I don't really get. I don't believe. And we're in the eras of the hashtag, hashtag generation. So this, these next three weeks, if you have a thought or you have a testimony and, and God has touched you, we can hashtag help me believe. Help me believe in these next few weeks. I really think it'd be a great encouragement for other people to read things that you've been through. And if, if God encourages you, I want to just, you know, if you're on social media, you can do that. Hashtag help me believe. And I know that social media now makes everyone look impressive. How many of you have ever been on social media and you see someone take a picture with their coffee on the table and their Bible wide open? Right? And you think to yourself, wow, that person's so spiritual. They must be so in tune with God. Jesus and coffee. Java and Jesus. Two of my favorite J's. In one place. Right? Java and Jesus. And that person's so spiritual. That's so great. I wish I was as spiritual as that person. My kids are screaming in the background. My fingers hurt. From scrolling all the wonderful people that are doing great things. And my kid's like, ah! But for once, just once, I would love to see a selfie of a mom with swollen eyes. Who's been crying because their child told them they hated them. They won't clean their room. Just once I would like to see a picture of a husband who's sitting on his front porch because his wife changed the locks and won't let him in. (laughs) Hashtag social problems. Just once I'd like to see a picture of an ATM receipt that reads, there's no money, stop asking. Where are those selfies? I don't see them. I don't see them. Because we want to we wanna kind of like let everybody know I believe. But what about when we don't believe? What about when things are just, they just stink. And we're going, did you forget me God? Did you forget me? It's unbelievable. 12 people got that. 12 people got that one. There are times that I wish I seen those pictures on Instagram. Those pictures on social media. Because that's real life. That's real pressure. That's real situations. And maybe, maybe faith or belief in a big God who wants to do big things would come alive in you the next couple of weeks. Big faith. Big faith that would rise up that's already in you. You see, if you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, there is a Holy Spirit that resides in you right now. 
There is a Holy Spirit that resides in you. And there is so much faith in you already. It's just sometimes we have trouble accessing it. How many ever forgot a PIN number or a password to an email? It's still your email, right? You just forgot the access code. And what I'm praying these next few weeks is that you would find that access code. I believe. But help my unbelief. You see, I believe that there's an access code in Christ that everyone can access today that can find that joy I was talking about earlier. A tiny spark that can set a forest on fire. That that would happen today. And I hope this series does that for you. Some people never grow past the age of their wound. Some people never grow past the age of their wound. You've been wounded by something in the past. And you never grow past that. And so you stop believing. Your wound is as far as your life has gone. And I'm here to tell you, God can take that wound and heal it. You don't, you can grow past that wound right now. You have permission to grow past your pain. You have permission to grow past your unbelief. Can I get your attention for a moment? You have permission to grow in Christ, even if there's parts of you that doesn't believe. Because here we have a story of a father, a dad, that loved his son. And he said, I believe. Just help the part to me that doesn't want to believe. Is this making sense to anybody? Let's turn to 2 Kings for a moment. It's in the Old Testament. Just after 1 Kings. You're welcome. 2 Kings chapter 5. I'm full of wisdom. It's just after 1 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. When you got it, say, I got it. This tells a story of someone that was mighty, yet flawed. Mighty, yet flawed. The king of Aram had great admiration. Look up here, 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1, if you don't have your Bibles. The king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army. Because through him, the Lord had given Aram great victories. How many have ever had victories in your life? You have victories in your life? I got like 30% response on that. We're going to pray for more victories. He had great victories. He had given Aram great victories. Watch this. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. I want to stop there for a moment. Here's a mighty warrior. Here's someone that has been used by God, used for victories, used for great acts and great exploits, and yet lived with leprosy. Successful warrior. He's in a position of power and influence. Almost everyone knows him. Knows him. And they know who Naaman is. The mighty warrior. But underneath his armor, it wasn't so mighty. He was fragile. Imperfect. Kind of hard to believe that I can serve a God so fantastic, so wonderful, and yet he still allows pain in my life. 
Why is that so hard to believe? Why is that so hard to believe when we're living in this fallen world? With fallen bodies. There's some that subscribe to this. If there is sin in your body, sin in you, that, that, um, that that's why you're sick. And that only you're only sick. Listen, we don't subscribe to that here. We're fallen people in fallen bodies. You will get sick. And no matter how godly you are, you should use hand sanitizer. And all the germaphobes said. Pastor Tony, don't call me out. Listen, we're living in fallen world. But that's different here in this situation because Naaman was used for great victories. And he was suffering from a contagious skin disease of leprosy. And leprosy is a slow, is slowly developing. It's a progressive disease that damages the skin and the nervous system. And it's so much easier for us to just dis... You know, what we don't see is not really there. So here he is under his armor. While he's a mighty warrior, under his armor there's leprosy. Under his armor there's a flawed human being. Under his armor it's hard to believe that a man who did such great things had such great flaws. And we kind of look at that through that lens at people, don't we? When someone in authority or someone in position or power, they make a mistake, all of a sudden, wow, how the mighty have fallen. That thing must have been real strong. No. Oftentimes it started like this. You can barely see it. One little thing became a bigger thing because it was untouched, unaddressed. Became a bigger thing and a bigger thing. And that thing caused us to not believe. A little bit of unbelief and a little bit of unbelief. And you kind of add those together and sooner or later, I don't even know if I want to get up for church anymore. I don't even know if I want to crack open my Bible. It becomes unbelievable anymore. And friends, that's not what God has for you. Hello? I believe you can believe him today. It's so much easier to be known for what you do than who you are. It's so much easier to be known by what you do than who you are. Naaman was known as a mighty warrior. Right? He was known by the people. Naaman, mighty warrior. You see Naaman, you think mighty warrior. This man has done so many great things, right? You don't think Naaman, leprosy. Because it wasn't shown. The Bible isn't specific as to how many people knew. But I suspect that possibly, quite possibly, not many people knew. When you do, when what you do is impressive, but who you are behind the armor is sick, it's only natural to live life projecting the mighty warrior and never take your armor off. I'm going to say that again. Who's with me? When what you do is impressive, follow me. When what you do is impressive, but who you are behind your armor is sick, it's only natural to live life projecting the mighty warrior and never take your armor off. Wow. What? You mean there's imperfections in the body of Christ? 
that's not me? Yes. Much so. Much so. We live in a culture that's so infatuated with appearance and accomplishments. But God is not impressed by our public persona. He's not impressed by that. I mean, it's simply 1 Samuel 16, 7. And we have this verse up here. 1 Samuel 16, 7 simply says, The Lord doesn't see the, the way you see things. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the... In just a moment, we're going to read about a miraculous power God uses to change us. And Spoiler alert, God is going to heal Naaman's leprosy. But before we get there, I want to tell you, God can never change you as long as the real you stays hidden. God cannot change you as long as the real you stays hidden. So let's lead into the story for a moment. Can we do that? Let's lean into the story because we look at 2 Kings and the Bible talks about in James, confess your sins to each other. You ever had a struggle that you struggle with? And we kind of like, well, you know, I, I don't really want to confess my sins because I don't want anybody to think less of me. Well, guess what? Everyone sins and everyone has fallen short. But it's that confession that comes that true freedom. Because now you don't have to live under that sin, live under that struggle. I'm not advocating for you to go out and find a stranger and air out all your issues. Hello? Hey, you, what's your name? Yeah, I got to tell you about some things I've done in my past. That's just awkward. But there is a point of confession that allows us to be a, accountable to someone. And so let's look here at 2 Kings chapter 5 and let's read on a little more. Because Naaman, we find Naaman had leprosy, right? And so at this time, this is chapter 5, verses 2 and 3. At this time, Aramean raiders had invaded the land of Israel. And among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go and see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of leprosy. So it leaked out. News flash, breaking news. Somebody found out about my leprosy. And here's this young girl that said, I wish he would go out and see this prophet. He would heal him of his leprosy. We just talked about hiding under our armor, but I love this part of the story because I'm reminded that you can be a soldier in public, but if you have issues, you can only hide them for so long before people under the roof that are standing with you start to see it. While everyone else had have only seen Naaman as a mighty warrior, the people living under his home knew him as Naaman, the man with leper skin. Can I ask you a question? Do you have anyone in your life who knows the real you? Not the Sunday you. Not the life group you. Not the special events you. I'm talking about the real you. Why? Because always having to hide something is exhausting. Always having to hide the real you is exhausting. And one of the things we pride ourselves here at Freedom is that there's no perfect people allowed. No perfect people allowed, right? So you're all welcome, right? <laughs> you're all welcome here. Not a single one of us are perfect. 
But we know one thing, it's great to have people in our lives that can, we can be honest and transparent with because it is exhausting to be, pretend to be someone you're not. Hello? It's real quiet today. I'm going to keep preaching now. Second Kings chapter 5, verse 4. Let's move on. So Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel said. Go and visit the prophet. So they did that. And so Naaman went with his horses and the chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent the messenger out to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you'll be healed of your leprosy. Now this is when the story gets interesting. This is when people show up in the Bible. You ever seen personality come out of a text? Peter done some things, the personality comes out, and you're like, oh, that Peter. Right? You seen personality come out. This is where personality comes out of the text and is projected. Here it is. So, again, the prophet tells him, go and wash in what? The Jordan River. Go and wash. Sent the messenger out. Go, wash in the Jordan River. But Naaman became angry. Watch what he says here. But Naaman became angry and stalked away. He got so upset. And this is what he thought. I thought he would certainly come out and meet me. He said. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy. And call on the name of the Lord. His God. And heal me. And then he goes on a temper tantrum. Aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Albana, and the Farpar better than these rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and then be healed? Are you seeing this? Here he is coming with a need and he's dictating how he's supposed to be healed. He's creating a recipe that he wants God to fill. A shopping list that he needs God to go and get. Listen, you don't get to dictate when you don't have the power how that miracle takes place. You don't get to dictate what God does with his miracle. You don't get that privilege. You're coming to him. And here's Naaman, full of pride. He's a mighty warrior. He's a mighty warrior. Right? Doesn't he know who I am? Doesn't he know who came and visited him? I'm Naaman. I'm the mighty warrior. And he sends a messenger, a peasant boy, a delivery boy, to give me a message. And then he tells me to wash in the Jordan, the Jordan River. There's better rivers than that one. Prettier ones with sandy white beaches. Right? We want to dictate what God wants to do in our lives. How can we come to a mighty God and dictate to him how we expect our miracle to take place? But that's what we do. We, we tell God how our Sunday services should be. We tell God how our spouse should act. Oh, now it's getting personal. Pastor Tony, move on to the text. Don't be talking about stuff. 
Don't touch that one. I got a story for you. (laughs) I got a story for you. We want to dictate how everybody else acts but us. Because we're a mighty warrior. We believe. This is part of the story I think most important for us today. I believe a lot of us want miracles on our terms. But how about if the process is the miracle? Because God is giving you weapons in this process you would never attain without it. What if God has get, got the gift that God has given you is in the trial? We don't want to see that. Come on, somebody. I preach better when you say amen or something. Talk to me. Because I'm telling you right now, there's times in my life, man, I, I just want to say, go take this. Let this cup pass from me. And then I have to stop and say, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And that's painful. Why? Because I was being prideful. Because I've done that. I've pulled a pastor card on, on God. But God. But God. I'm a pastor. But God, I'm a minister of the gospel. I serve you faithfully. Faithful. Just let me get. Just let me get this one. Just my way, just a little bit. Have you ever been mad at God before because he didn't do what you expected? I have. I mean, a lot of us get frustrated because we had strong expectations about God and someone you prayed for didn't get healed. Someone you, someone didn't get the job you thought they would get. Some of you, you're not married yet. Some of you, you're not pregnant yet. Some of you, you're not sober yet. You keep going, but God didn't meet your expectations and you're mad about it. Can I tell you, he's believable today. You can believe him today. There's a testimony that that's uh, a recording artist, Laura Story, tells about her husband, Martin, that was diagnosed with a brain tumor and underwent surgery to remove it. And it is my understanding that was part of her inspiration behind the song. And I Listen to her share her testimony recently. And she said this. She said in the words, blessings, the song that she sings. She said these words, and let me quote these words for you, if you would allow me this moment. Because what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights or what it takes to know you're near? What if my greatest disappointments or the achings of this life is the revealing of a greater thirst this world cannot satisfy? What if the trials of this life, the rain, the storms, the hardest nights are the mercies in disguise? See, God loves to answer our prayers in unexpected ways because he sees them the way you don't see them. And he loves to do the unbelievable and unexplainable ways. Can I tell you something today? You can believe him. If you've lost your faith, we're here to help you find it. If you come to a point in your life where you're trying to figure things out, can I tell you, you don't have to figure it out on your own. God is here and so are we. 
I'm just guessing here, but maybe God hasn't taken the challenge, the addiction, or the sickness away from you because His plans are greater than you think. And He is teaching you something you didn't know you needed to learn. Is there a possibility? Is there a possibility that maybe you're still single or not pregnant because His plans for your life are bigger than your expectations of companionship or motherhood? What? What if we ask God Hashtag help me believe. Help me believe and commit ourselves again. And just be straight honest. I don't understand why I don't believe, but I don't, God, in this area. Help me with my unbelief. And what if he decides that he wants to then bring you through the trial and at the end of this trial, everything you ever imagined you wanted is found there. Is it worth going through the trial then? Just because you don't believe at times doesn't mean you're not saved and it doesn't mean you're not loved. It just means God isn't defined by our expectations. It just means God isn't defined by our expectations. Second Kings chapter 5, we're going to continue forward here. But his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he simply says, Go and wash and be cured. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times. And the man of God, had, as the man of God had instructed him, And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child. And he was, say with me, healed. But it was on God's terms, not Naaman's. It's an unbelievable story of here's a man who's a mighty warrior. You would think God pays more attention to the more faithful, right? Mm. I like to think that sometimes. And I pray that way sometimes, if we're honest, right? I'm faithful, God, so you're going to hear this. Ready? I don't have to say it, but it's going on in there somewhere. It's bouncing around in there like ping pong ball. I'm in my mind thinking, God, I know I've done some things right, so I know I at least got that much. (laughs) I can at least buy that much, right? I don't have too much, but what I do have is I've been faithful this week, God, so I know you're going to hear this prayer. So, And then we start our prayer. But God, God is no respecter of persons. He hears every prayer. Even the ones that start with help me believe. Even the ones that start with help me believe. How many are grateful for that? Give me a nod or something. Let me know you're hearing what I'm saying. Okay. Because I need you to understand something. That when you don't believe, he still loves you. When you don't get it, he still got you. When things don't quite work out the way you thought they would. He still has a plan for your life. And what I find to be true is that Naaman was a lot like me and you and most believers that are warriors. But there are things we have to go through. And can I say for a moment, thank God for men and women that stand up and tell us when we're acting a fool. Hello? Thank God for men and women that tell us, come on. 
That's not the, that's not the King James Version, but get with it, please. Wouldn't you have done it if he said do something difficult because you would have thought it was a challenge? But the challenge wasn't how easy it was. The challenge was getting past the pride. That was the challenge. The challenge wasn't the location. The challenge wasn't even the messenger. The challenge was the pride. It had nothing to do with the Jordan River. It had nothing to do with the messenger. He tried to code it with that. But it wasn't about that. It was about pride. Are you swallowing enough pride? Oh my. He got healed because he did what God said. Not because of the messenger. Not because of the river. God is more concerned with your obedience than he is your comfort. And this, right here my friend, Naaman learned it right there. Thank God for the crowd that he had around him. Because your vibe attracts your tribe. And he had people around him. That had a different vibe. Your vibe attracts your tribe. What you project will attract the people that you want around you. Here's what I want to leave with you today. What if God intends to change you one dip at a time? What if God... Pastor Tony, just relax. Let's just sing Kumbaya. Just... Don't get so personal. We all want God to do something big and splashy. But what if he just wants to dip you? We want God to splash. Lord, make a splash. Do a great thing. But sometimes the splash is preceded by seven dips. I should have called this message seven dips. And I would have had buffalo dip. Ranch dip. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm going out after this. What if he doesn't want to create a splash yet? What if he just wants to dip you first? We don't want dip God. Just bring the splash. Come on, let me cannonball in faith. Help me believe, Lord. Just dive it. No, no, no. What if he wants to dip you in the Jordan first? Not one time. Not one time. Seven times. Naaman, all of a sudden, has to wrestle within himself to believe God for the unbelievable. Nobody else could fix him but God. So he went to God and then he had his own expectations and his own terms and his friends, his, his tribe, right? His tribe said, come on, do you want healed or not? And he did it and God did it. Come on, somebody. You see, the man of God had instructed a word. And he had to get past his pride to get there. 
What if the whole time you have been waiting on God to miraculously change you, God has been waiting for you to allow him to change you? What, what if he's waiting on you to take off your armor? Swallow your pride and be honest with yourself. What if he's waiting on you to make some hard, obedient choices about ending some relationships and some things in your life? What if he's waiting on you to give before he changes your financial situation? What if, what if there's a lot of things he wants you to step out first and dip? You expect him to do it before because you're naming and you deserve this. Here's what I know to be true. Philippians 1.6 He who began the good work within you will continue the work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. He's going to finish the work he started. Amen.